and welcome to Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and the central subject of this issue's cover is corporate social responsibility and joining me over the phone to talk about this is Kuku Paul the associate editor and Meetu Jay Shankar the contributing editor. Good morning both of you. Good morning Abhishek. Hello Abhishek. Hi. Hello and happy to be on your show again. Thank you. And to begin with corporate social responsibility or CSR uh, it was quite a fashionable buzzword not too long ago when a company installs a water pump in a village or let's say it gives away a day's salary of each of its employees towards a flood relief program it was dubbed as csr but the concept has changed over the few years and how much has it changed in india it's it's a process i mean it's an evolution process so yes we have come some distance away from doing merely lip service kind of projects or even doing knee jerk kind of projects whenever you know our conscience sort of woke up we did something about it to looking at it and you know more strategic way so i would definitely say there's been some movement forward Uh, but it's still work in progress and which is why we picked up this issue and we examined it in great detail the trigger was obviously the company's bill being tabled in lok sabha and being passed by lok sabha which talks about a mandatory 2% csr spend so we sort of started talking to people to see how they felt about that and what would corporates really do you know so there there is this very famous quote by Milton Friedman and we use that in our story also which says that the only responsibility or the only social responsibility of a corporate is to make profits that is no longer true right and given that there is so much written about this subject over the years what did you set to achieve in this cover story because there are just as many uh, articles on profit making and capitalism nowadays there are enough articles about corporate social responsibility too the way uh, we had originally thought about this was like a primer now that companies know that uh, they have to put 2% of their profit and all this amounts to a lot of money in many cases in the top 10 companies we notice that it's, it amounts to more than 100 crore every year so in some cases large groups it would be about 200 crore a year as well and above so that's a lot of money getting into a particular activity and very often we found that companies don't really know what is the best way to put this money in and many companies are very seriously beginning to re-examine their CSR the way they had done it in the past decade and look at better ways to do it so the idea of doing this story was to look at the challenges of doing good work effectively look at the challenges of measuring that work so that you can improve it year on year and figure out how the best companies around the world are doing this figure out challenges for the ngos who will suddenly be faced next year if the whole bill comes into effect suddenly we we are estimating that in the top 500 companies that there'll be around 6300 crore flowing into the top 500 company if they adhere to this 2% norm so these are the issues that we had started with right just to step back both of you spoke about the company's bill it's been approved in the lok sabha which mandates csr spending now there are people who would say that the role of the government is to stay out of business and only help businessmen when either they are in trouble in the form of a bailout maybe or catch the crooks if somebody goes out of line can this be made compulsory or should it be forced giving is is meaningless and people have also said that this is a shareholder money so only they can decide what they need to do and if they want to do csr or not and we in agreement with that point but we are saying whether the government mandates it or not and whether it's right or wrong I mean, keep that debate aside for a minute but purely from a selfish point of view also forget going good for the society 
they won't be able to sustain. For example, at Wipro, I mean, and this is the example that they give, that they're a 50, 60-year-old company. If they're going to last till they're about 100, 150 years old. They need a regular talent supply of trained people. Now, that's what their bread and butter business is. Now, where will those trained people come from? And they find that each year when they recruit people in thousands, there are very basic education skills that are missing. People cannot apply knowledge. I mean, they've only learned for clearing the exams. They have no idea of concepts and all. So to address that issue, I mean, that's how they chose education as the area in which they wanted to focus on. It ties in very well with their business goals. So I think that's the position we have taken, that look at CSR as, as a way to sustain your business, even if you think that, you know, the government has no business telling you how to spend the money. The thing that with the bill also, Abhishek, is that it's not going to be compulsory. It's mandated and it's initially the way they're starting it is that uh, if companies don't spend 2%, they'll have to explain why. So the board will have to then annually explain why they haven't spent. In fact, they're saying that uh, they want to nudge uh, corporate India to get into giving in a more organized way. And I don't think all the companies can start immediately from the first year itself. It's something that they'll have to build up. So that's the process that companies are going through as well of building up capabilities to be able to spend this sort of money more effectively. Because earlier people would do various things, mostly donations and charity uh, around their plants and around where they operate. Moving from there to thinking about CSR in an organized way, like Me Too was saying, and then putting money there almost like it is in a business. So I remember reading the annual report of one company where they said that they have distributed 12,500 water filters uh, in as many schools. So one water filter in a school, what kind of impact can that make? Make. Typically, your school would be at least 500 students. I mean, that is so scattered, and that is neither here nor there. I mean, it's, if you really want to look at clean water for children, you would give more filters to every school so that children are healthy. But it gives them good marketing, doesn't it? It adds one bullet point on their annual report, and not everyone might ask this question, which comes to the point where how are companies measuring it or do they have quote-unquote consultants to tell them where their money should go because they will be spending those thousands of rupees in those water filters rather they should be investing it somewhere else how much has this changed there are companies that are progressive and proactively thinking about it and there are those that still continuing the way they used to so we found all kinds of companies while we were doing the research for this story so the good ones are wondering how to measure so for instance there is an NGO an agency called ASAR that has been doing sterling work in measuring education work done in education so they go to every district and they do tests with children who go to municipal schools to check how much they are really learning. What are their basic skills on, say, reading, writing, and arithmetic? And every year they come out with their report talking about how well this work in education is going. Uh, that gives an idea about how how much more needs to be done or in what direction. So you're right about this, that measuring this kind of work is extremely important. You can't just be pouring money year after year without knowing. And so active CSR as opposed to passive CSR, where you're just a donor. That is an interesting debate also, whether it should be the charity model where you're giving away money to various projects and to what extent should companies get involved. That is another uh, question that we are raising. And one of the few companies which you have covered in detail is Wipro. And Mitu, you spoke about it during the Philanthropy Awards to the Azim Premji Foundation. Now, it works in the area of uh, education. And what is its strategy at the ground level? How does it ensure that the work gets done 
long after they are gone too because they are working with panchayats they are working with state governments there is bureaucracy they have talented bunch of people working for them how does say wipro if we take it as a case study or an example ensure that like kuku mentioned they are not just pouring in the money but it's it's all accounted for azim premji foundation has been set up with his own personal money and in the case of both wipro and the azim premji foundation it flows from the top which is very very important you were asking what strategy at the ground level is so they were candid enough to admit that they started the way everybody else starts in csr looking at it to you know enhance the brand so what is the rub off on the brand and i think they did this for many years and and they were all over the place you know they were doing health they were doing disaster relief they were doing what are they were doing education i think somewhere around 2002 2002 to the period 2006 it took them four years to understand that they needed to pick one area and and hunker down on that and i've explained why education sort of was the area that they looked at the interesting thing about wipro and which is what we found in some of the other organizations as well is that they have only a two member team who does the largest part of the program which is applying thought in schools and they run it like a venture capital model so these two people they work with partner ngos and even for profit organizations and they give them support both money and resources and mentoring and connecting them to the ecosystem and knowledge etc for specific projects now kuku was also talking about what will happen to the ngos when so much money starts flowing into the system this is a good example of that so they don't invest directly into the organizations but they give them money for projects and programs and what happens is those projects and programs are so large that these NGOs or even for-profit smaller organizations start to build up so much capacity and capability, and I think that's the real value that they bring to these programs. Right. The last couple of questions. Any other examples that really impressed you and pro- probably might not have made it in the cover story? Yeah, I think one area where CSR has been a very core part of the companies is all the manufacturing companies. We haven't looked at too many of them, but when we were researching, you know, we found companies like, for example, ACC or Ambuja Cement. i think there you know it's also a necessity when they go to a village and they take over that land for building up a factory there and they're so dependent on that local community for resources and for support they are almost forced to do something about the situation so they will build roads they will build hospitals they will build schools otherwise how will people from the cities go and work in these uh, rural areas where they where the factories are and by doing that they protect the business interest but it has had such a huge positive rub off those examples are remarkable to me kukul you have other things to add not specific examples but what most companies are doing is also they're finding their feet in this through experience over time so for instance initially they might start off in areas that are around their own plants wherever they are their own factories but eventually at times like i met people from bharat petroleum who said that now their activity is not necessarily focused around their refineries or their projects at all because they say that that is not always you have to find the right place where you can make the most difference and that may not necessarily be around where you are so they are doing some watershed management programs and some education programs that are in backward areas where it is needed one important point that they said is that the area where you're doing work people should be receptive to it also the project has to be sustainable by itself and that can only happen when there's a buy in from the local communities with which they're working and people have realized that more and more so it is very important for them they say to identify 
areas where people are receptive to that work so where the panchayats are receptive where they are willing to go more than half the way they are willing to get trained and it's only when those two intents meet of the corporates to really make a difference and of that community and if they realize that they they really need uh, this kind of thing and only then can a program really be be effective you very clearly have gone to as far as possible the grassroots while researching for this cover story how long does it take to do this kind of work when it's on the cover how long did you to work on this story and oh for us it's been a very very long process on this one because we are learning as much as writing for the reader and fortunately we've had a bit of background with our philanthropy awards and that has helped so in that sense we knew who the people are who we can speak to but we've gone much deeper on this we've made a list of 100 companies looked at how their spends are and there was a lot of problem here because we were looking for figures and numbers and how much people are spending and they're not not required to report those by law yet so very often the numbers wouldn't be reported and people would put it as donations in their annual report or in some cases it was mixed up with several other heads of accounting so when we spoke to them then says even they didn't know how much they were doing and it was very scattered so in that way this was a tough one to do koko has sort of covered it quite well uh, yes it, it required a lot of work on our part and and uh, part of it was that we ourselves don't know too much about this domain i mean we are learning you two are being very modest about all of this you have hosted <laughs> hosted philanthropy awards you you get to interview no, but, people but, like azim premji and you've come up with examples i think you know we have we have really just begun to scratch the surface on this i mean and that's true of us as journalists i'm trying to understand this domain as well as the as the companies who are trying to figure out what strategy should they adopt and how should they do csr this is a very very long haul even for them you know the resources that they are putting or the problems that they are able to identify or we talked a lot about measurement so i think we are a long way from away from understanding the whole thing but yes well begun is half done so that's what i would like to say great i think on that note it's a good time to wrap up thank you very much kuku and mithu for your time thank you abhishek it's always a pleasure thank you and all you listeners you can get this podcast on forbesindia.com as well as on itunes We are still up there on the front page of iTunes, so thanks a lot. Keep downloading; it's for free. And to have somebody call you back for a subscription, just message Forbes to five one eight one eight.